An engaged email list is a restaurant's most valuable asset. If you've been following along with the show for a while, you certainly have heard me say that before. Simply put, today's episode is all about helping you supercharge your email list. I want to talk about what it is, why it matters, how to do it. This episode is very, very tactical. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly podcast all about helping chefs and operators build more profitable restaurants. Each week, we toggle back and forth between a monologue-style format and an interview, but the goal is always the same, to take complicated marketing concepts, make them both understandable and actionable. Why? Because like I always say, information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now, This week's episode is sponsored by Virtual Restaurant Group, VRG. They offer innovative turnkey delivery-only brands that you're able to easily operate out of your existing restaurant with very little disruption to your current operation. So you know, we're talking about ghost kitchens, right? Uh, A restaurant that would only be visible on third-party delivery sites as a way of driving additional revenue using the infrastructure you've already got. By adding virtual brands into your business model, you're able to diversify your revenue streams and generate more overall revenue, right? So you already have a kitchen, a staff, and the space to do this. Why not maximize that square footage by adding additional brands in to help increase your bottom line? Best of all, VRG handles everything on the back end. They provide Cubo technology totally free. The very architecture of this software allows you to turn on as many brands as you want, list those brands on as many partner sites as you want, and field all of those orders through one singular tablet and printer. You're not locked into any long contracts. It's 100% free to start. VRG's flagship brand, Midnight Munchies, was one of LA's very first ghost kitchen concepts and generated up to $30,000 a month just in online ordering revenue. Onboarding is super easy. They've got recipe guides and step-by-step training for you and for your staff. Visit virtualrestaurantgroup.com slash chip and use the promo code CHIP2021 to get started. That link is in the show notes. Now, today we're going to talk all about email, email marketing, right? Again, what it is, why you need it, how you can get started, and the very best ways to maximize those communications, those emails that you send out to your list. Uh, I promised to help you supercharge your list, and we're going to do that over the course of, uh, of this episode. But bef- before we do that, I think it's helpful to, to look at a little bit of data, right? Uh, because uh, email gets a bad rap because we remember what it used to be. So I'll remind you, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, email was novel, right? People just started getting their AOL account or Yahoo account or whatever it was, and it was novel, right? You could, you could, send, a, uh, you could send a message, a letter, and it would arrive uh, instantaneously. You didn't have to wait uh, a couple of days or, or a week or so to, to get the message to who it was going to go to, right? So it was fun in the beginning. And then it got abused. We got tons of spam and it became this really hated uh, platform. People hated to get emails because it was just always junk mail. 
But then, you know, things things improve, things get better. Now we've got spam filters and uh, Google has their different folders, you know, for uh, for promotions and contacts and all of that. So email has improved and actually email now uh, is, is not only um, uh, the most requested, but really the preferred form of communication between uh, brands and consumers. Uh, the, the data is very clear on that. So now let's go through some more of the data so uh, we can really talk about what we're talking about, right? There are more than 4 billion daily email users in the world. More than 300 billion emails are sent every single day. So 4 billion unique email users and more than 300 billion uh, individual emails are sent every single day. 99% of email users check their inbox every single day. Some check their email as much as 20 times a day. Of those people, 58% of consumers check their email first thing in the morning, right? So 99% of email users check their inbox every day. 58% of them, so almost 60% of consumers, check first thing in the morning. That's something to be aware of. 64% of small businesses use email marketing to reach their customers. That number blows me away. 64 sounds like a big number, uh, but why it's not 95 or 100 is beyond me. It is such a valuable tool. For every $1 spent, remember I just said it's a valuable tool. Let me explain what I mean by that. Data shows that for every $1 spent on email marketing, an email can generate up to $42 in revenue. And brands that always include an A-B test in their emails, we'll get to this later, but brands that include that A-B test in their emails can generate an ROI of 48 to 1. So every, for every $1 spent, you generate $42 of email. If you A-B test your subject lines, you can generate up to $48 for every dollar spent. That's huge. We talk a lot about ROI. That one is huge. Now, when we talk about open rates, average open rates for our industry, hospitality, are pitiful. They're about 10 to 12%. The industry average across all email is about 18%, but for hospitality, it's about 10 to 12%. Welcome emails, though, have an average open rate of 82%. My question is, are you sending a welcome email? Do you even have a welcome email? Do you know what a welcome email is? So we'll come back to that later in the episode. Uh, more data. Globally, Fridays are the highest email open rates, nearly 19%, compared to the lowest open rates on Saturdays, right? This again, we start uh, thinking about a strategy, a cadence for our emails that we're going to send, and we'll get to this. Uh, it, it's worth noting that Fridays have a very high email open rate. Marketers who use segmented campaigns, and we're going to talk about segmentation later in the episode as well. This is uh, this has to do with uh, sending specific messages to specific groups rather than sending a, you know the same communication to all ten thousand people on your list, but just sending maybe a, a targeted message to just a segment of your list, maybe just a thousand people on your list, right? So marketers who use segmentation have noted that is uh, that have have seen as much as a seven. 160% increase in revenue generated through those emails. That is huge. That has to do with creating individual unique uh, messages for individual segments, unique segments, right? So sending uh, sending an email about your, uh, your brand new porterhouse uh, to a bunch of vegetarians isn't very good. But if you've got vegetarians and you know how to separate them on your list, well, then why not send them a, a targeted message that speaks to them where they are, that meets them where they are, super important. 
Again, marketers who use segmentation have seen as much as a 760% increase in revenue generated from those emails. More data. 80% of all marketers send at least one email communication a week. 35% of marketers send their customers at least three emails per week, right? So if you think you're doing it too much, if you think once a month is too much or once a week is too much, there are people out there doing it much, much more. And certainly, uh, you know, you, you get emails, you, you see uh, the kind of brands, um, uh, the kind of messages that brands send you and how often they send out. Super, super important to note. More data. 78% of marketers have seen an increase in email engagement over the last 18 months. So over the course of the pandemic, 78% of marketers have seen an increase in email engagement. This is only getting stronger. It's only uh, strengthening the case I'm making uh, that it is such a valuable asset, right? And this has to do with, with changing behaviors, changing habits, right? We're in front of our desks more. We're, we're, not, uh, we're not commuting as much. We're not behind the wheel of a car. This is all really important for understanding um, how people are using email whether and, and, and what they look for in an email communication. Here's another one. Four out of five marketers said their data shows that email marketing is more valuable to their bottom line than social media marketing. In fact, four out of five marketers said they'd uh, just as soon uh, get rid of social media before email marketing. It is that valuable. That is huge. We all know how important social media is. We know uh, what a focus it can be uh, in our world. The fact that four out of five marketers say that email marketing is more important to them and to their strategy than social media is huge. And I got to say, I'm one of those four out of five. I, I wholeheartedly believe in the power of email. And then finally, the last little data piece here, uh, which is super important, especially uh, given uh, what kind of brand you have, but 74% of baby boomers think email is their uh, personal, uh, their most personal channel to communicate with brands. 70% of baby boomers find this as their preferred method of communication with the brands that they like and support. All of this data here that I just shared with you is, uh, is brand new. It's from Statista and Campaign Monitor and all these really reputable uh, resources on the internet. You can go find these uh, for yourself. Um, all of this is absolutely true. It's absolutely current. Uh, all of this is uh, taken from 2021. So it's uh, at most just a couple of months old. Uh, this is making a very strong case for what we're about to talk about, which is how to build an email marketing strategy, grow that strategy, and supercharge your list to help it drive more revenue for your restaurant. Now, I've talked about this in the past. I want to talk about it again in case anybody has missed it. Email marketing really falls under this category of something that's called permission marketing. Now, permission marketing uh, is a term that was coined back in 1999 uh, by a guy named Seth Godin. Seth Godin, again, if you follow this show uh, for any period of time, you know uh, is I'm a very big fan. Of, uh, he's a mentor of mine. Uh, he has taught me a great deal. Um, I, I love his books. I recommend his books. Permission marketing is one that still holds up, even though it's more than 20 years old. So in that book, um, uh, Seth coined this term of permission marketing. And he basically said, the opposite of permission marketing is what we've been doing all along since the beginning of marketing, since the beginning of advertising, since the beginning of selling, right? And that is interruption marketing. This idea of that that's what we do most of the time, right? That uh, we're watching a TV program and every, let's say, seven or eight minutes, uh, we're interrupted by commercials, right? The, the advertisers are showing us what they want us to see, interrupting what we want to see. It's the same thing in, in newspapers, right? You're reading an article and then there's an advertisement. Or in magazines, right? You're reading, a, you're reading an interview or a feature and you turn the page and oh, there's a perfume ad. 
We are being interrupted. Same thing is true with uh, with a billboard, right? You're driving, you look over the side of the road, and instead of the beautiful mountains, you see a billboard, you know, stuck up there, you know, eat more chicken or w- whatever it is. So if most of the advertising we do is trying to interrupt people, trying to get them off what they were doing, right? Walking down the road, driving, watching a TV show, uh, reading an article, right? We're interrupting uh, their behavior, what they were doing in order to show them something that we want them to see. Then permission marketing um, presents a really important shift uh, in the way that, uh, that, that goods and services are sold in this world. It's a huge shift and we are living through it. It's really only about 30 years old, maybe less. So the idea, again, is the opposite of interruption marketing. If interruption marketing is what we've been doing uh, since the beginning of time, permission marketing is this other thing of saying, uh, I give you the permission to contact me. I say, I like your brand, I like your products, and I want to be kept up to date with what you do in the future. Please continue to keep, uh, keep me updated. That is huge for a brand to know that this person uh, not only has been a consumer, uh, but likes the product and likes the product enough, it feels loyal enough to the product um, to want to know more in the future, right? That is huge. Hard stop. There's nothing that's happened in marketing as monumental in the last 200 years as that. Not the dawn of TV or radio or the internet or whatever. Permission marketing, right? So permission marketing happens in a in a bunch of different ways. It could uh, it could easily pop up in in more analog um, in more analog outlets. We just think of it as being a purely digital um, a digital function. It's not. We just know it as such. But this idea that you've identified people who are your customers, who have been your customers, who want to continue being your customers in the future, who like you enough and say, "Yep, keep telling me what you're up to. Keep telling me uh, what you're doing. Send me the uh, the updates for the new fall line. Send me in uh, some info about the new book you're releasing. Tell me, right? I certainly do that. I have my email list, right? People sign up for my email list and say, "Yeah, we want to. I want to hear from you from time to time. I want you to remind me uh, that each episode comes out every week and and what those episodes are or what other episodes I'm going to be." hearing on or or when I write an article or whatever it is, right? That the people on, on my email list, right? That you, all of you guys out there who have signed up have given me permission to contact you, to let you know what I'm doing, right? And there's a, there's an exchange there. There's a value exchange. Uh, I'm providing something for you. And in exchange, you're saying, yep, keep, keep letting me know. Um, keep letting me know what you're up to. That is a huge shift. It is true for retail, service, whatever it is, and it is most especially true for your restaurant. When we spend so much time just trying to get butts and seats to acquire new customers, to attract new customers to us, it seems to me that these permission marketing channels, uh, social media is certainly one of those, uh, but email is probably the most powerful, right? It seems important to me that if we've identified people that we want to then keep in touch with those people. As they say, it's cheaper uh, to keep a customer than to go find a new one. So. Interruption marketing and permission marketing, right? Interruption marketing hasn't stopped. It it still continues. But permission marketing is a really powerful piece to the puzzle that didn't exist, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Now, email, like I said, is the most reliable way. It's the preferred method of communication, uh, but it's the most reliable way to uh, communicate with your customers. And we know that it's the preferred method of communication. Again, data shows us that. But also remember, smartphones have become ubiquitous. All of us have a pocket computer, uh, you know, on us at all times, right? It is reliable. 
in that sense. We're always checking our inbox. We get pinged. We feel the buzz when we get uh, new emails, right? We, we all get emails from brands that we love, right? This is the beauty is that we are both a consumer and a, mer uh, and a merchant. So even though we are a business owner, right, we, um, we are a marketer, we're marketing our business, and we're also a consumer to tons of other products. So, so you understand what this is, right? You, you know what email marketing is. You've, you've participated uh, in some way. You get something from Macy's or Best Buy or uh, Apple or whatever it is, right? Hopefully some of the data I shared a few minutes ago helps now to show you why email marketing is so crucial, especially right now at this moment in time. And let's say that I've convinced you, right? You're saying, yes, I know it's important, but it's still overwhelming. Fine, great, I totally get that. Let me simplify it for you because this is way too important to throw your hands up and say, I'm overwhelmed. I'm gonna walk you through four simple steps of launching an email marketing campaign, market, uh, really launching a strategy. Plus, I'm gonna share some little uh, extras, uh, some tips, some goodies at the very end. All of that and more after a word from another one of our sponsors. Now, whether you realize it or not, your website is the most powerful marketing tool at your disposal. It's where people go to learn who you are, where you're located, when you're open, and of course, to see the food you serve. So why then would you rely on PDF menus and static text to sell your food, right? Our, our culture is visual, and people these days, they wanna see what they're getting. Enter Pop Menu a website design platform that puts the menu at the heart of everything. PopMenu's dynamic menu technology serves high-quality photos and allows guests to like and review dishes that they love that will then live on that dish's unique web page. These features all feed into your restaurant's SEO results to help you rank higher in relevant searches. What's more, Pop menus, automated marketing tools keep guests engaged long after their purchase, send automated texts and emails to uh, incentivize new orders and to promote new dishes, events, specials. Pop menu keeps restaurants top of mind with guests. If you're a restaurant owner, you need a great website that not only looks beautiful, but helps drive more traffic and more sales. Use Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. Best of all, listeners of the Restaurant Strategy Podcast can lock in one set monthly rate and get $100 off their first month. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim this offer. Again, that's $100 off your first month by visiting popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. As always, that link is in the show notes. Okay. Now, step one, right? I said I'm gonna share four steps. Step one, let's talk about email service providers. You need to figure out um, uh, what company you're gonna work with. There are tons out there, but if, you, uh, if I'm speaking to you now and you feel overwhelmed, you don't know where to start, I'm gonna tell you where to start. Start with MailChimp. MailChimp is, um, uh, is really easy to use. Drag and drop templates, uh, uh, very easy to navigate, uh, a quick learning curve, uh, and it's absolutely free up to I think your first two or 3,000 email addresses. After that, it's very, very reasonable. The more email addresses you add to your list, um, uh, the cost just goes up incrementally. And again, uh, the value of having an engaged email list uh, pays for itself. You'll see that uh, over time. But if you need my recommendation, I would say MailChimp. It is the best for restaurants to use. That being said, doesn't matter. You find one, uh, find one you like, find one uh, that makes sense. Uh, you know, look over the pricing, figure figure all that. Talk to friends, talk to other colleagues, talk to other business owners, see what people are using. 
If you want my suggestion, it's MailChimp. Go get MailChimp. But whatever, find one, sign up for it. Just sign up for an account. You're going to build a template. Luckily, a, a platform like MailChimp has pre-designed templates that you can use and then just bend them to make them your own, right? So there's already a header and a footer and there are content blocks and you just have to change the color of the header and drop in your own uh, logo. Same thing in the footer. And you're just going to change the information to uh, um, to match the um, to, to match the information of your uh, of your business, your address, your phone number, your social media handles, all of that. It's a very easy to do. So you're going to find an email service provider, figure out what company you want to work with. If you want my recommendation, it's Mailchimp. You're simply going to sign up, just get an account. You're then the first thing you're going to do once you get that account is to build out a template. This is a template that you can use over and over and over again. This is basically the the standard structure of every email you send is going to have a certain look to it. It's going to have a certain color scheme. It's going to have a header, a footer, a certain logo, all of that, right? Next, you're going to import your list. So you need uh, email addresses. You already have email addresses, though. You just don't know it. So. Uh, there are uh, there are a bunch of ways to capture email addresses, and there are a bunch of uh, ways to uh, utilize email addresses you already have. That is the next step. So we're going a little bit out of order. Step one is just get an email service provider, right? Sign up, build a template, import your list, get as many email addresses as you have into that system, and then send your first email, right? Now, step two how do we capture email addresses, right? So how do you, you've done that, you found your email service provider, you signed up, you built the template, you're ready to send the first email, but you don't have anybody to send it to, and that is false. Let me tell you all the little rocks to pick up and look under to find email addresses. First and foremost, the best resource you've got is your reservation system, right? So if you use uh, OpenTable or Resi or Talk or Seven Rooms, uh, whatever it is you use, they're capturing all that information. Hopefully, if, uh, if people are making uh, reservations online, they're automatically capturing your email addresses. If you're still taking reservations via the phone, hopefully your reservationist is doing a good job about asking them uh, for an email address while they're on the phone. An easy way of doing that is saying, uh, what's the best email address so that I can uh, send you a confirmation of the reservation? That's the easiest way to get that into your system. What you're going to do is you're going to export that list. You're going to create a, what's called a CSV file. All right, so you can uh, uh, export it as an Excel file, and then you can create a CSV from there, or you can simply uh, skip the middle uh, step and uh, export as a CSV file, right? That's the file that MailChimp is going to want, right? You're going to take that, and you're going to import that into your list. The reservation system is your best resource. You should make this automatic. If you don't have an automatic integration, you should make sure to do this, let's say every Monday morning on the checklist, right, on your opening side work for your host or reservationist. Uh, their job is to export the, the emails from the previous week out of the reservation system and to either give them to the maitre d', give them to the manager, give them to you, the owner, um, or to import them uh, uh, on, her, on her own. Uh, into uh, into MailChimp, into your email service provider, right? So to get the information from the reservation system into your email service provider, uh, a company like MailChimp, right? Uh, next, you're going to see about uh, exporting the details from your POS system or your loyalty program. So I think of like Toast. Uh, Toast is always capturing email, especially if people are paying on the the Toast uh, go to. Uh, there are the Toast2Go, the uh, the little uh, handheld devices. Um, they're constantly capturing uh, email addresses. If people sign up for a loyalty program, again, Toast has one of those, right? If people are signing up for a loyalty program, uh, that can be a wealth of uh, of information as well. Those are email addresses. 
export all of those and then import them into MailChimp uh, and get in the habit of doing that every single week. Um, you can uh, manually input uh, any addresses from old uh, event BEOs, right? So anyone who's booked an event in the past, uh, those should be, all be on file. That might be a little bit of time consuming, but those are uh, valuable contacts uh, to put into your, uh, your, e into your email system. Uh, you can put email capture on your website, and in fact, you should. The easiest places are in the footer. Definitely, it should go on the footer. Uh, you can put one on the contact page. You can put it somewhere on the home page as well. If they have to scroll down a little bit, it can be there. Uh, and then you can also add a pop-up, which is actually one of the best ways I know. You're just going to get a, a steady stream of people. It'll be like... I don't know, half a dozen or a dozen people, or if you've got a more popular restaurant, it might be you know a couple of dozen people every single week automatically, right? Now, it's really important that you, uh, that you get the verbiage right. Make sure that people aren't signing up for a newsletter. Newsletters are from 2002. Nobody signs up for a newsletter. Nobody reads a newsletter anymore. Uh, they don't want newsletters anymore, right? So make sure you incentivize them in some way. It, it doesn't have to give away anything. It doesn't have to be a freebie. It can just be something as simple as, you know, sign up to, to get updates about specials, promotions, and events throughout the year. Something, right, to get exclusive access to blah, 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 right? Phrase it in such a way that tells them why they might want to sign up for this. You might want to sign up for this because you're going to get XYZ, um, early access. You're going to be notified about special events. You're going to be the first to know about this, whatever it is, right? Make sure your verbiage uh, reflects that. Don't just say, sign up for our newsletter. That's lazy. It's outdated. It doesn't work. Nobody's going to sign up for it because nobody wants your newsletter. Nobody wants any newsletter. So what other ways can you use to capture, uh, capture email addresses? Now, you can run uh, a lead generation ad on Facebook. So you entice people to sign up for your list by promising something in return, right? So especially when you were dealing with Facebook, uh, this is where you want to incentivize it. So for example, you'll uh, maybe the headline or the copy on the ad will say, uh, you know, sign up to get uh, $5 off your next visit to uh, Chip's uh, Burger Shack, right? Something like that. They sign up either right there on Facebook using a lead generation ad, or you're going to create a traffic ad, right? So a traffic ad would get them to click there. It drives them to a landing page where they would then put in all of their information. Once they put in their info and click submit, their email is automatically added to the list, and then you'll create an automation. So an automation, right, uh, MailChimp does this very easily, but an automation simply means that an email is automatically sent to whoever signs up for that list and it's got the promo code embedded in the email or it's got an attachment with the coupon or the whatever promotion that is. Um, they can then join in order to redeem the promotion, right? So they sign up, they get the automatically generated email, then they it says, you know, show this email in the restaurant next time you're there or print this out and give it to the server when you arrive or whatever it is. That's a very easy way of doing that. You can either run a lead generation ad on Facebook, it's one way to do it that would then integrate with MailChimp, uh, or you can run a traffic ad that would go to a landing page on your website. All of that might sound complicated, uh, but it's not. It's actually very easy to set up, and that's uh, and that's just one way to capture email addresses. So again, your reservation system, your POS system, your loyalty program, that's three ways of doing it, right? Three easy ways. Uh, going through old uh, event BEOs, that's a fourth way, and then you're going to do uh, capture on your website. Those are five great ways. And then utilizing Facebook to run a, a paid ad on Facebook to capture email addresses, that's just the sixth one. But the first five are totally easy and totally free to you, right? 
The other ways you can do them, now we get into uh, some more tactile kind of um, guerrilla tactics. Um, you can have cre uh, QR codes on a postcard that is in your restaurant. Maybe when you drop the check, you drop this little postcard. And again, it's the same sort of idea. You're going to incentivize them to sign up uh, to get something in return, right? Uh, so the server is going to drop the check, say thank you so much for joining us. I'm also going to leave this postcard here. This QR code takes you to our email sign-up. If you sign up, you'll get sent a coupon to get $5 off your next visit or $10 off your next visit or get a free dessert the next time you're in, whatever that is. There are many different ways to incentivize that behavior, um, but that's a, that's a simple thing. Every time somebody drops the, the check on the table, you just drop a little postcard with the QR code. They're taken to a landing page on the website. They sign up just like the, uh, the Facebook ad would do that. That's very, very easy to do. Uh, and then you can go really, really old school. I, I really mean it. I don't care if you do this. Collect business cards, right? Business cards in the fishbowl. Uh, find some way to do it. The point, right, is to just capture data. It doesn't matter how you do it. There are many, many different ways to do it. And if you want to go old school, Go old school. I love it. Now, when you capture data, as much as possible, uh, I'm going to give you uh, four things I would love for you to capture. Name, email, phone number, and birthday. If you can, those four pieces of information are super helpful. If you think phone number is a little bit too intimate and, and you're afraid that people will uh, will not follow through because they got to put in their phone number, then scrap it. Just do name, email, and birthday. Uh, but at the very least, I would do those three: name, email, and birthday, because you want to know a little bit. Uh, you want to know a little bit about them, right? Okay. So that's step two. Step one was getting started. Number two was how do you uh, how do you get email addresses? How do you capture email addresses on an ongoing basis? So now everything's in your system. You've got a list to work with. You've sent your first email. Great. Step three, it's time to get organized and build a regular cadence. Now, the first thing you want to do, very first thing you want to do is set up a welcome email uh, or a welcome sequence, right? So uh, some of you may have heard this term. Uh, they're sometimes referred to as drip sequences or nurture sequences, right? Let me, let me explain what that is. It simply means that it's an automation. You can set this up easily in just about any uh, email service provider, uh, MailChimp does this very, very easily. Um, but a nurture sequence or a welcome sequence or a drip sequence, they're we're all talking about basically the same thing, is a series of automations that would, so emails would drip out over the course of a period of time. Now this is maybe uh, three emails sent over the course of five days or five emails sent over two weeks, whatever that is, right? The first one would happen as soon as they sign up for it, boom, or as soon as they're added to the list, boom, they get a welcome email that says, thank you for signing up. Here's your $5 off your next visit as promised. Also though, you can be have another uh, welcome sequence, right? That would just welcome them, introduce them to the brand, uh, to you, to the people, to the location, to the cuisine, whatever that is. So think about what you want them to know. If you could only send three emails over the course of a week and the goal was to get them to know you, what do you want them to know about you? And um, and what do you want, what sort of action do you want them to take? So uh, remember, I shared that data earlier that said, you know, the, the uh, open rate, the average open rate for hospitality is like 10 to 12%, except that welcome emails are like 82%. That's huge. So people are most likely to open that very first welcome email, 
right? So you got to think of what you want them to do. Take action. So maybe the welcome email gets sent out to them uh, when they first make a reservation, when they first come into the system, right? A brand new contact, right? And so you're saying, great, uh, we're so glad to have you. You know, here's a little bit about us. Here's a little bit about our chef, our cuisine. This is how long we've been here. This is about our owners. You know, click here to explore the menu. Right? Maybe you want to drive them to the to the restaurant's website. You build SEO. It's a you know it's a backlink for you. Um, it gets them excited for their upcoming meal. Maybe you want to send them to uh, to a retail uh, thing. Maybe there's a there's an e-commerce piece to your business, right? So maybe you've got uh, a restaurant and you've got a bunch of uh, a line of chocolates. He said, "We're so excited to see you in the restaurant. Did you know we also have a line of chocolates? Click here, and you're going to try to get a sale there right off that first thing, right?" Um, there are all different ways you can utilize the, that first welcome email and uh, the other subsequent emails. But think in terms of if you sent three emails over the course of a week to a brand new contact, what would you want them to know? What do you want to tell them over those three emails? So again, maybe one is a history about you, the, uh, the cuisine, the owners, right? And click here to preview our menu. The second one maybe is introducing them to your line of pantry items or chocolates or you know whatever you, your cookbooks wh- whatever that is, and maybe the third one is uh, is to introduce them to a, a some new special event that's coming up, either a tasting dinner you got coming on or a wine dinner um, or something like some special event. I, I don't know what that is, and you know what honestly, it's going to change throughout the year. It's going to change from time to time. Um, you can uh, maybe change that third email it is seasonal. There are all different ways to do it, but think in terms of that. When people are added to the list, what do they need to know? What do you want them to know about you, right? That's the first step. Build a welcome email or a welcome sequence. Next, then, I want you to map out content for the next few weeks or months, right? So I always uh, recommend using a marketing calendar. Um, That's going to help you get organized to track all your efforts, right? Uh, To track uh, what sort of promotions you're advertising on your website, what you're doing on social media, what you're doing on email, what you're doing on your blog, um, in-store collateral, right? Like postcards, posters, um, things like that, right? So that's what I recommend. But at the very least, even if you just wanted to track your email efforts, You've got to get organized. You've got to lay out the entire year and work out so that you know how often you're sending an email and what is in those emails, right? So uh, I've talked about this before on the show, but uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, love him or hate him, he wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. Uh, it's a phenomenal book, um, but it's all about how we provide value uh, for people on our list, how we provide value for the the consumers we're engaging with. So jab, 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 right hook is a boxing analogy for, uh, for business. And the idea is uh, replace jab, jab, jab with give, 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 and replace right hook with ask. So we give, we give, we give, and then we ask. I've said this before, but people are on uh, our list. We want them on our list so that we can sell to them. But you got to really think deeply about why they would be on the list, right? What do they get out of this interaction between uh, the business and the consumer, right? So jab, 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 give, give, give. You've got to provide value as much as possible. Now, there's a lot of different ways to provide value, either in uh, discounts or promotions or even even just in uh, information, in insight, in entertainment, right? You can entertain them. There are all different ways to do that through uh, through uh, videos and recipes and uh, photo slideshows of upcoming menus and you know talking to them about the inspiration behind a dish, right? So your emails should be providing value to the list, right? If you give, you give, you give, you provide value, 
and then you can ask for something. The worst email strategies out there are the ones that say, now taking reservations for this date, you know, now book your table on here, you know, book your private party with us. Um, did you know we have a new line of chocolates? Click here to buy. It's just, it's, it's sell, 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 sell. And it gets really tiring uh, on the part of the consumer. So provide value as much as possible. This is the beauty of what we do in hospitality is that there is an interaction. Yes, we are selling to people over the course of their meal, um, but but we but we wrap it up in, in this veil of taking care of them. And that is what we're doing. So continue to take care of them beyond the four walls. And it starts, uh, or th this is an easy opportunity to do that. It can be an extension of the hospitality that you provide, all right? So Set up the, the set up the content schedule, right? Get organized and stick to the schedule. I will remind you about the one to one to one theory. One email, one message, one call to action. So in the old days, 20 years ago, we could do this newsletter format, right? Where we sent one email every month and it had a whole bunch, right? I always joke around about like the church circular. This is everything that's going on in the month ahead. This is everything we just did. Right? That doesn't work. That doesn't work for email marketing. One to one to one. One message, right? So one headline, one topic that you're going to cover in that email. One message, right? So the headline needs to match the message inside so that people know they see the subject line. That's something they want to know about. They click and they open it. It better deliver on that promise. And then one call to action. What is the one thing you want them to do? Now, you can get cute below the fold, so to speak, below that main call to action if you want to say, you know, and, and make sure to review, review us on Yelp or, you know, don't forget about our line of chocolates or whatever, right? So the main email is all about, you know, booking reservations for Thanksgiving. And then in the bottom it says, don't forget about our line of chocolates. Okay, you can you can earn that. That's a, that's a secondary call to action. But for the most part, the, the theme of that email, uh, the message matches the subject line and then it also matches the primary call to action. You got to know what you're trying to accomplish with every piece of communication. Don't, don't, don't try to do too much. Again, if you need something, if you need to do something else, just map out a second email a couple days later, later in the week. It's okay to send two emails a week. It's okay to send three emails a week. It's totally fine as long as you're remembering that, that value, providing value, and make sure you think of what the, the consumer is getting out of this interaction. So that is step three. Get organized, build a regular cadence, and remember that one-to-one-to-one -to -one -to -one theory. Step four is where we get fancy. You don't ever have to get fancy if you don't want to. I recommend it. The data shows that it works. You don't ever have to get fancy. If you do step one, two, and three, I will be absolutely thrilled over the moon. You can stop the recording here, um, stop playing it, and just go do those. If you want to get fancy, if you want to understand how to get fancy and what some of these other tools uh, that are out there, uh, then keep listening because uh, they, they absolutely work. They're going to uh, they're gonna help uh, improve the ROI. So four different things I want to talk to you about. First one is A-B testing. This is very simple. Most um, most email service providers allow you to do this, but A-B testing is simply a way of testing like uh, the, the subject line, right? The subject, uh, the, the heading uh, that goes in the subject line. So if you don't know which one's going to perform better, I would keep testing them. So you do A and B. So this is version one and this is version two. Um, and every time you send an email for a little while, test those. Again, it's called A-B test. This is number A, this is, uh, this is letter A, this is letter B. And what you'll do is you'll see over time, you'll learn what gets a better response rate. It's, it's incredible. Um, you're going to get better and better and better at this uh, the more you do it. Um, once you learn which 
which performs better with your audience, well, then you can start optimizing for that. Well, then you're never going to do this kind of message because you know this kind of message doesn't get great open rates. But that message over here does get great open rates. So A-B test for a while. Again, it's very easy to do it. You play around uh, on the um, uh, play around on the, the, the back end and you'll figure out a way to do it. Retargeting. This is super, super important, right? Uh, retargeting uh, often is when we're talking about social media. Uh, we're talking about, you know, retargeting uh, an ad towards a, a specific group. Um, the same thing is true with email, right? So the easy way to do this is to send an email, let's say, at uh, 7.15 in the morning, right? So we know that most people check their email first thing in the morning. They roll out of bed. They check their email. Um, sending an email first thing in the morning is probably not a bad idea. Um, and then what we can do is we can retarget. So later in the day, maybe we resend that email just to everybody who didn't open the first one. Maybe we change the subject line um, to try to entice them to open this second one. Or maybe we leave the subject line exactly like it is. But that's one way of retargeting, right? We resend it to everyone who didn't open the first one. We assume maybe they were running late, they were overwhelmed, they just missed it because their inbox was totally crushed, right? So no fault of our own, no, nothing malicious. It's not that they hate us. They just didn't see it. We just didn't catch them at the right time. So maybe we retarget and send to everybody who didn't open later, like four hours later, five hours later in the afternoon. That's one way to retarget. Likewise, maybe we can uh, send an email the next day to everyone who did open or everyone who opened but didn't click. So they were interested enough to open our email, but they didn't quite tip over to click, right? So we're we're gonna try to put another message in front of them the next day to try to remind them and entice them to take the action we want them to take. Again, this is another way to retarget. There are a, a thousand different ways uh, to, retarget, um, to retarget to your list. Um, uh, MailChimp gives you incredibly powerful tools uh, to be able to do that based on, you know, you can send uh, messages to, you know, people who uh, opened the last five emails or the last 20 or to, to everybody who didn't open the last five emails. So you can do, you know, based on campaign activity or when they join the list or on and on and on, right? Retargeting is one really important tool that's available to you and it's not that hard to get the hang of it. Kind of connected to that is the third thing I want to talk to you about under this getting fancy step four. Um, it's segmentation, right? So we talked about this a little bit earlier when we were talking about data. So the, what we've done over the last, let's say, 20 years of email marketing is that we have a list and we blast our list, right? So we send one message to all 10,000 people on our list, uh, irregardless of, uh, of who they are, where they live, what we know about them. We just send it all out there. We, we spray and pray. And what a lot of, uh, what a lot of smart marketers are, are now working on, and, and I'm working on this too, is that uh, is segmenting your list, getting really focused on who you're talking to and sending uh, appropriate messages to the people who want to, uh, who want to get them, right? So I use the example of the porterhouse. Why would I send an ad for the new porterhouse that's going on the menu to a vegetarian? Um, I, I shouldn't, right? I should probably know some more things about them. Now, there are tools out there that will let you get very, very focused like that. Um, certainly, um, uh, certainly, seven rooms, which we'll get to in a little bit, um, has some of that really, um, that really granular uh, segmentation tool uh, in there. But at the very least, right? Think about segmenting the list. I had uh, urged you to get name, email address, phone number, and birthday. So we can send an email to everybody. Let's say on October fifteenth, we send an email to everybody who's sending, uh, celebrating a birthday in November. 
We can say, you know, uh, we know your celebration, you know, we know your birthday is coming up. We'd love to be part of the celebration. Enjoy two glasses of champagne for free uh, with us when you show this email. Now, we're only going to send that email to a small group of people to maybe, I don't know, 50 people or 100 people or, you know, 1,000 people. It's not going out to 10,000 or 30,000 people, just going to a small group of people. And uh, we're sending a very specific message uh, about, hey, your birthday's coming up. Let us be part of the celebration. In order to entice you, we're going to give you two free glasses of Tattinger champagne when you arrive, right? That's one way of sending a specific message to a specific person. Now, you can imagine if we sent that to the entire list, say, hey, uh, we're not sure who's uh, celebrating their birthday in November, but if you are, show this email and we'll give you two free glasses of champagne. You can imagine uh, that that wouldn't really go over well. It's not going to get the kind of success that a more targeted um, email is going to be to a segment of our list. So segmentation, you can find a thousand different ways to segment your list right? Depending how deep you want to go. I simply use the birthday example. So you have an idea, you understand what that is, right? That's the third tool I want you to think about in this getting fancy section. The last one is automation. Automation actually leads right into the, uh, some of the extras and the goodies that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, but automation is like that drip sequence, that nurture, that welcome sequence. When someone takes an action, there's an automatic reaction, right? There's an automatic email that's sent out. There's a, there's an automatic sequence that gets put into motion, right, when they take uh, a specific action. This is a really important tool available to marketers. Uh, I'm using it all the time. I believe this is the way of the future. Automation combined with segmentation, right? We have all this data. Now we can put the data to use. Um, this is the future, sending more personalized, more individualized messages to our people. So now I promised some extras, some goodies. I want to talk to you about a couple of a uh, couple of important things. So Pop Menu is a sponsor. It's a sponsor. Uh, they're a sponsor of today's episode. I'm grateful for their support of the show, but uh, I have them on the show as a sponsor because I'm also a big supporter of what they're building. Right? They are first and foremost a website design platform. So that's the problem they're solving. If you need a new website, a better website, a more, more functional uh, website that's going to work for you, uh, they're a company uh, to contact, right? If you need a new website, you should be scheduling a demo with, with them. One of the things that they also do well, though, is automation. It's integrated directly into the platform, and, uh, and how they're able to utilize that is really changing the conversation about how we, um, how we interact with our customers. So another sponsor of the show, of course, you know this, is Seven Rooms. Seven Rooms is a reservation platform primarily, right? You're going you're gonna to choose between uh, OpenTable and Resi and Talk and Seven Rooms, right? The reason I love Seven Rooms is because their software does so much more than just reservations and table management. Their CRM functionality is unreal, right? So customer relations management, knowing who your, guest, uh, who your guests are, knowing things about them that then you can use to market to them in the future. It's absolute gold, absolute gold. You can segment your customers, you can target specific groups with specific offers, and you can build automations based on different behaviors, uh, based on different buying habits. There is so much you can do. The platform is so robust. So when we're talking about email marketing, right, it's really important to know that there are players out there that are taking it to the next level. But here's the best thing, right? Best of all, you can still utilize a tool like MailChimp in conjunction with the automation tools uh, that are provided by uh, platforms like PopMenu and Seven Rooms. It's not one or the other. You can use both. It requires you to be organized for sure, 
But in fact, this is, again, where the industry is going uh, as we move forward. Now listen, if you have any questions about this stuff, if you need help getting this stuff set up, please get in touch. This is a big part of what I do. There are all kinds of great resources out there, right? So YouTube, for example, is a wealth of knowledge, but by all means, exhaust those resources. But if you still feel lost, then please get in touch. I am happy to help you get set up. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to help uh, help you in whatever way you need, or uh, I can send you off in, in another direction uh, if, if, that's a, if, if what you need is something uh, different than what I can provide. As always, my email address is the best way to contact me. It's chip at chipclose.com. That's C-H-I-P-K-L-O-S-E.com. Listen, I want to thank you for tuning in. Those are the four steps that will guide you uh, through uh, to, to getting your email list set up and supercharging that list so that you can use it to drive more revenue. Again, the data says for every $1 spent on email, you will generate $42 on the back end. It's really serious. I appreciate you being here. This community, you guys are the best. I love getting to be here week after week to help you out. If there's any takeaway here, it's this. Don't hesitate any longer. Feeling overwhelmed is no longer an excuse. You need a comprehensive email strategy. Uh, an, uh, an engaged list is the most valuable asset a restaurant can have. This episode is all about helping you get that set up, helping you supercharge that list. And again, I am here to help you in whatever way I can. That email address, chip at chipclose.com. That's gonna be in the show notes. I am here for you. Thank you again, and I will see you next time. Restaurant Strategy is made possible by the generous support of our sponsors as well as our Patreon supporters. A special shout out to all of our Gold and Platinum members, Ty Hames, Bob and Kate Carpenter, Scott Middleton, Chuck and Denise Close, Stephen and Ann Fagan, Mario Tomatos, and Christopher Tana. If you want to become a supporter, please go visit patreon.com slash restaurant strategy. Again, the link is in the show notes.